Welcome to the Towns Learning Show podcast series, episode 25, with independent tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Doug Gastic, president of Bluevolt, about the channel partner ecosystem in the skills trade industry. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Wow, 25th episode already. How did that happen so quickly? Well, like always, I'm excited for today's interview. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today, from the vendor side of the table, our guest is Doug Gastic, president of Bluebolt, one of the original extended enterprise learning solutions in the industry. Long before extended enterprise was a thing, Bluevolt recognized the value of training channel partners for greater business success. Welcome to the Talented Learning Show, Doug. Uh, it's great to have you on uh, today. We've been uh, waiting to have this conversation for a while to learn about your organization and really your unique uh, spot in the industry, a spot that you guys carved out for yourself. And that's what I was hoping to talk about on on today's show. Uh, as you know, we focus a lot on extended enterprise solutions uh, here in the podcast series and really all the content that we produce. And uh, we got to meet each other years and years ago uh, when I was just yep. far, first starting out on this journey to to learn about extended enterprise solutions and ran right square into your organization. Uh, so thanks much for joining me today. Yeah, John, thanks for having me. It's it's great to, to finally get on the show and it's uh, good to, to be connected again. Uh, I've always looked forward to our conversations. It's it's funny, when we first met and I saw the way you were positioning, uh, the work you were doing, calling it extended enterprise, I had this moment where I just like, kind of looked at the monitor and pointed and said, that's us. We just don't call it that. We, don't, we, don't, you know, we say extended enterprise out in our market and people kind of look at us uh, like we have three heads, but um, but it's exactly what we do. It's the right word. Uh, we Yeah, so Bluevolt uh, w- works with our customers to help them build culture, grow sales, and gain brand loyalty. And we do that by educating their extended network. Uh, so that extended enterprise uh, really idea really hits home for us. It's what we're all about. Our e-learning platform comes built in with a course sharing network to reach learners wherever they are, both inside and outside the walls of our customers' uh, organizations. I guess you could say our approach is a little different from a lot of uh, other LMS companies out there. Uh, we, from the ground up, we're built for for the idea of reaching people wherever they need to be. And the opposite of that, which is taking content from wherever it needs to come from, even if you have a very specific set of users like your employees. That's interesting. Uh, when people think about extended enterprise, and I don't know if that's exactly the right term or not, but it is encompassing, <laughs> it is encompassing uh, uh, for sure, uh, across a, a bunch of different specialties. Yeah. But when people talk about that, a lot of people think about technology companies or they think about yep. medical device companies, but you guys found a path in an industry, one that's not known or maybe doesn't come to the tip of the tongue when you're thinking about e-learning, but you found an industry that uh, nobody else is operating in, it seems <laughs> to be. And, and how, how did you find that and how, how did you develop that especially? Tell us about the skills sure. trade industry and, and how learning works inside of there. Yeah, we we are not the classically developed uh, company uh, in the e-learning space. We didn't come from academia. We didn't come from a pure e-learning idea. We came we came from the industry that we we serve best. We serve a variety of industries at the moment, but our kind of founding industry was, as you say, the skilled trades. Others will call that world manufacturing and distribution. Uh, anyone who is either making a product for uh, industrial or retail or commercial building or maintenance applications 
or selling that product or using and applying that product can benefit from what we do. We very specific, specifically came from the electrical distribution world where uh, one of the premier electrical distributors in the country was using, uh, really, uh, you know, this, we're talking 30 years ago now, was using binders for their uh, learning program shipping these binders all around the country to teach branch managers and associates how to treat a customer, how to handle a, a disagreement, how to understand inventory. And uh, about 17 years ago, they said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And and that's when Blue Vault was born. We digitized that whole process, uh, really created an LMS. I mean, think, you know, 17, 20 years ago, LMSs were just getting started. Some of the early, early players were, were, were just around. Software as a service was not even a thing yet. Uh, and so we, we decided from the beginning, we were going to be a digital software as a service uh, online learning platform, but uh, always and, and first and foremost to train uh, inside and outside of the, of the company so that you weren't limited by, you know, only the folks with a badge can, can train or uh, you can't send your course outside of the walls of your org. So we've kind of, we started from the beginning uh, in, a, in a world where that could not work uh, because there's, you know, the manufacturing and distribution world is, is one that's built on relationship. Uh, if you're not using a binder, if you're not using an online learning program, you're probably rolling trucks around to job sites, doing a lunch and learn, doing a tool day. And so it's all about that human touch. And so anything we did had to be uh, easy and simple and, and really augment that, not necessarily replace it. Mm -hmm. And in the process of doing that, uh, you folks have developed something that you call your, your channel partner network, yeah. uh, which is uh, looks like a deep ecosystem of a, you know, a variety of different components that are, as you mentioned before, all getting value out of your solution at the same time. But it's not a, it's not a company by company deployment, uh, as it turns out. It's it's more, it is a broader ecosystem. Is that right? And can you describe that? Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, we we did that very specifically, and we did that very much by design. Our 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 ecosystem is uh, well. First of all, the the, the product Blue Vault from the ground up is built uh, as a software as a service product as a multi tenant application. So. While we can create all the walls that uh, a company needs to protect their content, to protect their learners, and protect their courses uh, from outside uh, eyes, if that's necessary, our, our core philosophy is the opposite, is that, yeah, you're going to want to be able to control a message, so you don't want to send a group in uh, on the East Coast information about a particular kind of heater that's never used there. Uh, but generally speaking, you're going to want to get your message out there and you're going to want to get it out there consistently. And so from the ground up, our ecosystem network was was built really to to allow the those those communications to flow. So it's not company by company. It's it's uh, really meant as a, a library, really, uh, of material. At the same time, we don't work with everyone in the world yet. So, you know, it's like uh, we have to provide the same tools that we use to build our own ecosystem to our customers. So most of the time what will happen is a customer will come on board, they'll look at our catalog, uh, we'll facilitate a relationship if needed, they'll say, yeah, I work with these 15 companies that you work with, We'd we carry these four lines from this one company and I'd love to get their content. Depending on the way it's been set up, they can either grab those directly or we can facilitate a conversation if it's being held a little bit more private. Uh, and then what they'll do is they'll say, okay, here's the, the 20 other companies we need to work with, and they'll use the same tools we use to, uh, to reach those companies, to get them to share into their, into their own system. So we have a set of tools we run in the platform to syndicate content, 
and to share content and to allow that sharing. We use it and run it every day to build up this library that's just right there and ready to go, and that a lot of our customers will extend uh, by using those exact same tools on the admin basis to go in and, and, and get courses from all over the world, and they're all of their suppliers. Okay, bring it to life for me about the different pieces. You would have a manufacturer, you would have distributors and associations uh, that are a part of this. Could you just take like a sample it doesn't have to be real companies, but just tell me how this would work. Yeah, I think the easiest place to look at is uh, is, is industrial supply, uh, and that's because uh, it's just got a lot of things that people are familiar with anywhere in the world. So industrial supply is uh, think tools, think fasteners, think uh, anything from the stuff you'd find in a in a, a retailer like Lowe's or Home Depot, all the way up to specialty stuff for fastening big bolts into cement. But it's all the same companies uh, making all all a variety of of, of different tools. Now they're gonna create uh, perhaps the world's best fastener or the world's uh, the longest lasting uh, uh, drill bit. Uh, there's, there's always going to be something about one product or another that's going to be special and deserves to be understood by your entire world. Ch challenge is very few of these companies go to market uh, direct. Some of them do, but most of them are going through uh, representatives, whether they're distributors, whole companies with branches that are selling these stuff to end users, they're going sometimes through retail. They're going through reps who are carrying different lines. And so it's, it's like that game of, uh, of telephone where you've got a product manager at a company that made the world's best drill bit. And it's just, it, I mean, it really is something to look at and something special. It, it, it can make your, uh, your, your line employee 10 times more efficient because they're not changing uh, bits as often. They're getting a cleaner cut. They're not doing rework. Uh, it really is that awesome. The product manager knows it. Now they got to train the the channel salesperson at their own company about it, and but the challenge is that's not where it ends. At this point, now you've got a counter person and an inside sales rep at a distributor who's going to sell 5,000 of these to a new project that's standing up one of the next great towers in our metro area. Uh, how does how do you make sure that the buyer on the project on the project site understands why your drill bit is going to save him $10,000 over the course of a three to eight month project. Uh, that's the challenge that we're, we're lighting up and, and solving through education. The idea is that you can take that knowledge and chunk it up. It's not marketing, right? It goes beyond that. We, a lot of what we do looks and smells like marketing, but it's it goes deeper than that. If you can truly teach someone uh, who's at the point of sale, <clears throat> talking to the customer about why your product is better or different, you can move mountains. You can, you know, you, you not only will they make the sale, but you'll have them uh, as a, They'll be loyal to you because you've just taught them something. I, I have a little a little trick I like to do. Uh, tell me, John, uh, give me the name of uh, your favorite teacher. I'm just guessing you might be able to find someone out of your Mrs. Head. Martin. Mrs. Who, Martin. Who was Mrs. Martin? What what grade? You don't mind she was my second grade teacher. Second, second grade. grade teacher. Okay, now tell me the person, the name of the per last person who sold you a car. <laughs> no yes. idea. Right, right. So it's not about the. You know, we work mostly with salespeople and marketers, right? It's not about um, anything, no, nothing bad about them. But when you can actually teach someone something, you're going you're gonna to find a special place in that person's brain uh, that is far and away different from the latest sell sheet or, uh, or a, a piece of marketing materials. You're going you're gonna to get a loyalty that you just can't get. And they may not be able to remember the tool company's uh, product manager's name like you can remember Mrs. Martin. But I tell you what, they're going to they're gonna know it was you that told them how to serve their customer better and give value on the spot uh, in, in what's sometimes a nerve-wracking or tense situation. 
uh, they'll remember that. That's what we mean by by brand loyalty and, and, and building culture. Mm-hmm. As a recovering LMS sales guy, I, I do feel <laughs> a little bit better why nobody remembers me. <laughs> now, without explanation, that explanation. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, well, someone out there must have uh, Mr. Lay in their mind. That's, that's, I mean, there's got to be at least one. There's got to be one somewhere. Got to be one. <laughs> So that, that's interesting. So you would, one would assume then that the the, the person that is selling the five thousand drill bits uh, yeah. to the ultimate buyer, that person is selling a whole bunch of lines of a whole bunch hundreds. of products to a whole bunch of different people. Is, is that true? Yeah, hundreds, maybe maybe thousands. Maybe uh, thousands. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 insane, and you know, from any one manufacturer, they're going to have 40 potential products they could sell or more, and then there's going to be 10, 15, 20 manufacturers. Yeah, they're going to carry two or three lines, but that's per type of thing they're selling, right? So they're selling all kinds of stuff. Whether you're an electrical distributor or an industrial supply distributor, you could be, you know, think of Home Depot even. It's it's tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. So how do you get their mind share? How how would the why would they take your training versus somebody else's? Or is it a matter of is it a matter of media by you know having an electronic and not having in binders? Like seems like mind share would be a huge problem here. Yeah, it can be. And and the way we try and help our customers solve that, or the way our best customers solve that, is first through focus. So they and and, and what I mean by that is is we have a, a a tool in the product called Training Tracks. It's like it's a very basic uh, way to create like playlists of education. And so we encourage our, our admins and learning and development folks, the folks who are curating this stuff, to use that tool and say, okay, this week we're going to focus on uh, uh, siding materials, or this week we're going to focus on a particular type of application and, and cause it's coming up on the rainy season. And we're going to talk about flashing and how to, how to better waterproof a house. And so the idea is when you do that focus, you also, kind of mix applicability with differentiation. What I mean by that is it, take a focus and then mix in why it matters, right? So something rele- relevant to the season, something relevant to what the customer need is, whatever you know about that customer, mix in why it matters with what it does better. And that's kind of marketing one-on-one stuff, but you can really bring it home with with the education to, to get mindshare and to get a hook into to someone's brain. Of course, all the basic supply of, of learning and development, right? You have to keep it as simple as possible. You have to hook them with something, some sort of a novel interaction. A story is extremely helpful. And on top of all that, uh, if none of that works, uh, we, we provide incentives to actually take the training, which can go a long way to getting learners to uh, be interested in, in what you have to say. Yeah, let's follow up on that. Uh, when I first started researching learning solutions uh, almost six years ago now, uh, gamification uh, was a, a hot topic that was exactly that. It was a topic, but it wasn't in practice really right. in, in just about anywhere. And then when I read into your organization, I saw, I think, my first working example of, of gamification <laughs> in action. And uh, and you're still carrying on to this day on that, that same model. Can you tell us about, I think it's called Blue Bucks, if I remember correctly. Can you yeah. tell us about that program and how, how that would work and how uh, how you've used that effectively to to drive that motivation uh, to capture mindshare. Yeah, so Blue Bucks is uh, it's it's a very effective program. Yep, still going. It's it's still well loved amongst all of our learners. The idea is pretty simple. It's like a a points program where learners can earn uh, a blue buck, a point. Uh, one usually it's one to five points for completing a course. That those blue bucks are 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 funded by either the 
author of the course, that would be sometimes a manufacturer or supplier, someone who really wants you to learn, or it optionally might be funded by your employer who might say, okay, this particular course is really important. It's not used on every course. It's not, uh, it's not, it's actually better reserved for, for more special situations. But the idea is that over time, a learner can take four, five, or six courses with one, two, or three blue bucks, and all of a sudden they've got 20, 30 blue bucks in their account. Blue bucks trade out dollar for dollar to, uh, to gift cards. So five, five blue bucks is worth $5 for a gift card to, to a local restaurant. And so it, it's been a really effective program for us to, to get Mindshare and to get folks uh, interested you know, we followed up with lately in the platform some of the uh, more traditional kind of quote-unquote gamification tools, leaderboards, uh, different contests and things like that. But this program, it still comes back. It's it's our most effective. We, we've actually expanded it. Uh, I was just speaking with one of our customers who is um, who we were we we uh, in, improved the program for. They wanted to offer their own company swag instead of blue bucks as an option. You can get take the blue bucks or take take uh, points to get company swag, whether it's a hat or one of their products. Uh, and it took us a little while to get there, but we got there for them. And now we've kind of rolled that out. And I tell you what, she says it's a game changer that uh, they, they're, they're shocked at how many people are taking their own swag. I think they've probably made the conversion rates a little more preferable uh, over the over the dollar conversions, and it's just even more marketing and even more of their brand out there. So it's been uh, it's been an incredibly uh, strong program for us. It kind of took off like wildfire and, and never really stopped. And it's it's interesting because we never even thought of it really as gamification. Uh, we it is gamification. It does make the thing more like a a, a fun challenge. But what we we always came from a place of incentivizing and how do you get you know, if you have an employee and you say, you have to take this training, it's compulsory, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a mandatory training on ladder safety or something like that. Uh, you're gonna, and, that and, you're, and you're potentially, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Employee, you're going to lose your job if you don't take it. The incentive, the incentive is there. It's very strong to, to take that course. But now if you're going to say, okay, now take these four courses on the systems of a house, how a house breathes, how a house uh, sheds its waste, Okay, a heads up employee is going to see that and say, I can do my job better if I learn this stuff. But a busy employee, never mind even motivation, someone who's got a lot of stuff going on is going to maybe struggle to find time to do that. Now take that employee and don't put them on your payroll. That employee is now at someone else's company that you work closely with and you rely on to sell your stuff, but they're not your employee. You can't tell them what to do. You can't even recommend to them what to do. How do you get that employee to get charged up and interested? Well, Step one is to put something useful in front of them. But we found a very effective step two is to uh, incentivize them to do it, make it fun. Yeah. And so, uh, listeners, here's the key. Uh, let me water it down on how I how, how I see that. <laughs> Game, gamification is great, but rewards are so much better. Uh, so yeah, so much of gamification in the industry is just for the, the sport of playing the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's all that's good. Place. That's yeah. all well and good. But uh, getting a gift card for 30 bucks is sure a lot nicer. <laughs> they, to buy something. I think that's the, the big difference. If you can take it to make the gamification actually tangible and something in real life, then you're going to, you're going to try to motivate or you will motivate, especially the voluntary learners that you're describing. And so that's right. That's right. Uh, at the beginning and on your website, uh, you, you talk, uh, and today uh, you, you've talked about you know, training inside a company's walls, but then also training out. And primarily, we've been talking about, uh, you know, training outside the walls. 
when you see organizations, you know, in, in this environment, in this ecosystem, training their employees, it's it's not all HR and onboarding type training. Is, is it just centered around the, 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 the same product knowledge or is it broader than that? Yeah, so we have we really have two types of customers. We have we have customers who primarily train inside their org and we have customers who train almost exclusively outside of their org. And for those customers that are that are reliant on selling, you know, like we talked about those hundreds or thousands of products, it's they're they're training their employees. They're not actually training many folks outside of their organization, an occasional contractor, but really what they're what they're getting at is getting their employees to know what they need to know. Uh, and that's going to be a full suite of, of your HR stuff. And so we've had to build an industry standard LMS along the way to kind of get where we need to be to provide this level of value. So we've got folks who are doing your, your leadership development, uh, all your compliance training, all of, all of uh, your systems training, uh, all in in our system. And then they're layering into that the ecosystem of product training from stuff that they might make themselves. If they have a specialty product they sell or a service that's not specific to any one group, they'll make their own course. But then of course, those hundreds of courses on product knowledge, they'll pick and choose and create training tracks. So it's pretty cool because then what you can do, because you have it all in one place, you're gathering all this stuff from all over, but with Blue Vault, you've got it in one place. What you can do is you can now create tracks by, by competency or role. So you can create a uh, counterperson track or a salesperson track, or a warehouse person track, or a driver track, and you can layer in how much product knowledge you might want to have versus how much of it is, you know, you're onboarding the three things you need to know about being an employee at this company, and so on and so forth. And the best of our cu customers, they don't limit that product knowledge to just the folks who are, you know, selling, right? It's it's pretty powerful to be able to have your 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 counterperson understand the value of a product, but watch what happens when your driver does. You know, you're gonna start seeing less uh, returns or missed trips because they understand the difference between types of pipe. You're gonna see uh, warehouse pickers with lower error and shipping rates when you when you actually start training them on at least the basics of product. You know, the, the, the 102, 202, 203 courses uh, about, you know, differentiating and selling, yeah, you can reserve those for your inside sales folks. But uh, the general product knowledge, we see it layered in right alongside of ladder safety, sexual harassment training, you name it. Product training, I think by definition, is 100% proprietary. There's no way that you could go somewhere and, uh, I don't know, get it off the shelf. So these right. organizations are are making it, whoever is the originator, whether that's uh, the manufacturer yep. or they're, they're making it original for the first time. So how how does that work? Do they make it themselves. Uh, do you make it for them? Do you have best practices on, you know, how to how to teach product knowledge about drill bits or other physical sure things? Like, how does that how does that all work? How it feels like that could be a road bump for for these organizations, especially if they're not technology uh, savvy, I guess, uh, from an instructional standpoint. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because for a while I thought it was rel related to size, right? I thought the, the the bigger the company that needed to make this this stuff, the the the, the content training, the training on on how to how to sell and differentiate the value of the product, uh, the bigger the company, the more resources they're they're going to have to be able to do this themselves, and the smaller are going to need our help. Uh, so the the answer to your question is it's a mix. We 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 do a fair bit of uh, original training development ourselves. We have a, a services team right on staff in house that create this stuff. Instructional designers, artists that are specialty trained to, to work in this world. 
but most of the content actually comes from our customers. They're making it themselves, whether they're using our templates or maybe we'll make the first one and then give them the source files and they'll create the next 50 or if they have an in-house team. But one of the things I found is it's not, it's got nothing to do with size of the company. Uh, it's, it's like, it's got, it's got to do with how enthusiastic a, a learning and development training person can you hire? It's, it's unbelievable. But when I speak with, you know, our customers, you can tell immediately when you get on the phone with the person, you can, you can say, okay, they're going to have a growing and fresh library of content as long as they employ this one or two people. They're figuring it out. They're, they're typically not from the learning and development space. They're kind of coming in sideways into, into our world from either a sales trainer or a, a channel marketer or, or something like that. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're taking the 60 page PowerPoint from the product group and they're distilling it into the eight or so pages that matter, taking it out of PowerPoint, putting some character uh, around it, you know, putting a little bit of, uh, of, of their own voice into it. They're, they're, these companies, big and small, are, are never hurting for, uh, for, for images, stock photography, media around their products. What they're hurting for is story, and you can get really good story from just one enthusiastic person. They'll figure it out. And so, you know, the, the big answer to your question is most of our customers are creating it themselves. For those listeners that are in an organization that have yet uh, or are just starting to, to think about doing this, of extending learning uh, to uh, external audiences like distributors or their resellers uh, or their channel sales partners. What would be your primary piece of advice that they should do as they're getting started before they actually do anything? You know, uh, so John, about a year ago, I, I joined a gym. I'm getting to that point in my life where I have to start thinking about this stuff and I haven't worked out. <laughs> I've never worked out consistently. And, and the reason I haven't is because uh, primarily motivation, but also because I could never quite, you know, going to the gym and not knowing what to do was, was way worse to me than not going at all. And so I found this gym, my sister introduced me to it. And it's one of these circuit gyms with a, with a coaching staff and, and they're fantastic. And, I've done it for a year. I've been there for a year. Uh, and, um, and so what I mean, what, what I'm trying to say with the story is, is find a coach and someone who can keep you accountable. Uh, they'll, they'll make sure you're doing it right. And they'll, they'll make sure you do it. In fact, this, the same gym, I kid you not, uh, for the last two weeks is expanding because they're so popular. So last week they've been painting and there's no courses. And do you think I've worked out at, you know, they gave us all these home workouts, things you could do. Uh, you think I've even done one push up in the last week. <laughs> answer is no because it's, it's you know it's like uh get 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 someone uh that knows how to do it to help you um where think about you know from the beginning map it out right right put it put it down on paper think about and start backwards think about the results you want to get think about your learners are, are your most important group uh or, or your most important bucket are your learners who are they and then you know put a couple slots in uh for, for where they are, your employees, you know, perhaps uh, someone at a, at a partner company, a dealer or someone else, uh, maybe even types of employees, but get very specific about who the groups of learners are and what you want them to learn and then work all the way backwards from there. Uh, we've got a tool on our website called the Channel Learning Canvas that does exactly that. But even if you don't use that tool, you just start by putting it on, putting it on a piece of paper 
And from there, it'll become pretty clear, you know, before you think about what courses to make or use, before you think about what platform or LMS to buy, just think about what are you trying to get done with your learners and what value, what, what is it if they just knew how to do or just knew about what they do differently that would make your business better? Answer that question and get someone like a coach to help you answer that question. Uh, and you're, you're off, you're, you're actually far ahead of, of even some customers who are already doing this. Well, there you have it. Sage advice. Doug Gastic, President, Blue Volt. Doug, thanks for joining me today. Uh, it's a great conversation as always, and and I'm sure your your nuggets of wisdom here are going to be much appreciated by our listeners. So thanks for the, the time. John, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure, and as always, uh, a great fun. Great. Audience, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for uh, attending another episode of the Talented Learning Show. We hope to see you on the next, and you can find more of our resources at talentedlearning.com.